Hello, Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast, or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. When I first decided to start designing my first board game, the manager at the local game shop told me to check out some podcasts about the process. One of the podcasts where I learned about the amazing game Universal Rules. I think I might have mentioned that game a few times in this podcast so far, and I'm sure I'll keep continuing to mention it throughout the life of this podcast. Another game that came across my radar around the same time from the same podcast was Avignon, A Clash of Popes. And just like Universal Rule, Buttonshy Games is the publisher for John Dubois' Push-Pull Mechanic game. That's right, Push-Pull Mechanic. Is a new innovative mechanic that John came up with back in 2016. As I do, I went straight to Buttonshy's website, but no copies were in stock. Months later, I learned of the existence of PMP Arcade, and I bought up Avignon and all of its expansions and add-ons. I am not known for my patience when it comes to games. So, as I have set out to play the games that I have sitting on my shelf of shame this year, I came across my copy of Avignon, A Clash of Popes, already printed, laminated and cut out, and the two indulgence packs, and the standalone sequel, Pilgrimage. Now, I felt like this was as good a time as any to play this groundbreaking game. Luckily, the sun was game to game, and we sat across the table from each other and tried to pull people into our congregation. In Avignon, a clash of popes, you and your opponent are rivals for the papacy in 14th century Europe. The object of the game is to be the first player to have three people in your congregation or hit a winning condition set forth by the noble. Let's take a look at Avignon, A Clash of Popes. Back to the Electric Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. So let's take a look at the rule clarity. Being the first game ever to implement this new mechanic of pushing and pulling, the rules can feel a bit, well, confusing. However, they are not. You simply just need to read the rules, then read the cards, then do a few mock turns. It will all become clear then. Time to explain to newcomers. After you have a grasp on the game, you can explain it in under five minutes. You just have to explain simple things like the Samaritan's Rule, where you cannot completely undo an opponent's move. You can partially undo it, though, however. Also, you need to go through each card and explain what each one does. Other than that, I would leave the rules within arm's reach of both players for reference the first few games. Gameplay. To set up, connect the five map cards to show the track from Avignon in France to Rome in Italy via Nice, Genoa, and Florence. Shuffle the 12 character cards and deal out the top five, placing them face up in line with Genoa in the middle. 
the first player on the first turn only gets to take one action. This is considered the selfless rule. Then the second player and first take two actions each turn from here on out. There are four actions from which to choose. Beseech, chastise, excommunicate, and petition. To beseech a character, you pull them one city closer to you. Chastise pushes a character card one city closer to your opponent. To excommunicate, you remove a character card from the game and replace it from the top one of the deck in the exact same spot on the board. That is the important note to remember. It goes exactly where the other one left from. Finally, to petition, you use a special ability printed on that character's card. Now, you can only use each one of these actions once per turn. You can use them on the same card. For instance, you can beseech a character, then activate its petition ability. If at any time a character card would move past Rome or Avignon, that character is now considered to be part of that player's congregation. The first person to accumulate three members in their congregation wins the seat as Pope. The character of the noble have other victory conditions, so be aware of these characters. It is possible that through a petition card, both players could achieve victory condition on the same turn. If this happens, the active player, the one that took the action, is declared the winner. There are two copies of each character in the original base game. Each character has a different petition action. The Cardinal's petition action allows the player to push the Cardinal one space and pull all other characters one space. This petition action does count as two actions, therefore it is the only action a player can do on their turn. The Knight requires that the player pushes two other cards, but in return, the knight pulls two cities closer to the active player. The Inquisitor gets pushed one space, then any character pulls one city, or the Cardinal pulls two cities. The Bishop pulls one city. Then the other player gets to pull a different card one city toward themselves. The Ascetic cannot end his turn in either Avignon or Rome. If he's in this city, then he has moved one city toward Genoa. When his petition activates, the opponent pushes all peasants one city. Lastly, the noble has no petition. She does have a special winning condition, however. If you possess the noble and your opponent possesses the knight, you win. On the flip side, if you possess the noble and your opponent possesses the peasant, you lose. This brings up the factions. Each of the characters belongs to a certain faction. Of the six base characters, they belong to a faction bearing their name. The ascetic is the peasant faction. In the future expansions and add-ons, which I will talk about in a few minutes, characters of the same faction are replaced. There are always six sets of two characters for each faction. Replayability. The base game of Avignon Clash of Popes has plenty of replayability built into it. With only 12 cards, each game will be slightly different. The strategy you learn the first game might be completely useless in the next game. There are so many new character packs that have been created to swap out with the characters in the base game 
that helps push this replayability through the roof. Artwork. The artwork by Fabrice Weiss is stupendous. He captures the mood of the game perfectly. It is both serious and mocking. It reminds me of Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales. Each of the characters also has many unique features that makes it easy to distinguish one from the other. Lunchtime Potential Board Game Geek lists the playtime for Avignon, A Clash of Popes, to be between 10 to 20 minutes. I completely agree with him. Even the most analysis paralysis of players would have to finish this game in 20 minutes. This game then can lend itself nicely to the lunch half hour, or it can be played a few times over a complete 60 minute lunch. Component Quality This is basically a copy paste from my review of Skulls of Sedlick. If you buy the production copy from Buttonshy's website, the cards and wallet are of great quality. If you buy the PDF files off of the PMP Arcade website, then the quality is up to you. Bang for the buck. Well, like with the component quality, this is basically the same as Skulls of Sedlick. Avignon, A Clash of Popes is $12 if you choose to purchase it from Buttonshy's website. I would recommend just biting the bullet and purchasing all the expansions, which I'll talk about in just a moment. All in, that would be $32 plus shipping. That does not include the latest expansion, as it does not appear to be available on the website. If you choose to go the print-and-play route, which I did, you can get the entire game, plus all the expansions, including Schism, the newest expansion, for a mere 9 bucks. The base game is only $3, and you can give it a try before you decide to spend the other 6 bucks if you feel the need. I just bought all of it at once, because I just am that way. Expansions As I mentioned above, the base game has plenty of replayability. Yet, with each of these new sets of characters, the replayability is just ratcheted up higher and higher. Since no additional cards are added to the game because you have to swap out faction representatives, no increase in playtime occurs. Just more ways to enjoy this great game. I also want to mention that there is a promo card, the Heretic, that I was unable to procure as it was a promo and not offered anywhere. The Indulgence Pack 1 The first Indulgence Pack of 6 cards sees replacements for half of the deck. The Cardinal Faction now has an Evangelist. His petition is he moves as many cities as you want, but then you must push that many characters one city. So if you pull him three cities closer to you, three other characters must move one city away from you towards your opponent. The Guildmaster joins the Knight Faction, and this character's petition is, well, he's a little different. You need to count how many different types of factions are currently in play. That many characters must push one city, then the Guildmaster pulls that many cities. The last new character in the Indulgence Pack 1 is the Priest. He is part of the Noble Faction. His petition action is to pull him. This means that you can pull him and then petition him to move him twice. However, he has a new winning condition. You win if you have the priest and the bishop. You lose if you have the priest and not the bishop. So be aware of where the bishop is in relationship to the priest. The Indulgence Pack 2. 
The Indulgence Pack 2 offers six cards. You place the other half of the factions that were included in Pack 1. So, the Archbishop is now in the Bishop faction. His petition is another complicated one. You push him one city location. Then you look at the top card of the deck. Finally, you either push a character or excommunicate one, replacing it with the top card you just looked at. This does offer a whole new level of strategy. The sister joins the peasant faction. When petitioned, she can move herself or the other peasant, if in play, one column to the left or right, not push or pull, but sideways. The other rule governing her is that she cannot move a character on top of another character. Lastly, the Swiss Guard represents the Inquisitor faction. This character has a fun petition. You can use any petition from any character in your opponent's congregation. This can make the game very interesting. Pilgrimage In 2017, John Dubois decided to bless us, get it, with a whole new standalone game, Avignon Pilgrimage. Now, this is a full 18-card game, but you can swap in and out the characters from the base game and both indulgence packs at your whimsy. This new set includes five new characters. For some reason, the ascetic remains the peasant faction delegate, and he has the same petition. Nuncio stands in for the cardinal faction. His petition is to push him one city, then all characters in this new location are pulled one city. The courtesan is the knight faction, and she allows you to pull a character that is closer to your rival than she is. Strategic. The bishop faction has the vicar. He has a three-part petition. Push him twice. Excommunicate a character. Then pull the new character one city. This can be risky as you might end up pulling the wrong combination into your congregation. The canonist is the inquisitor delegate. He allows you to switch the location of two characters, then push one and pull the other. Lastly, the noble is replaced with a scribe. He has a new winning condition. If he ends his turn in Genoa, which is the middle row, and you have two characters in your congregation, you win. This could be a bold move as I pulled once. I excommunicated a character in Genoa, hoping to draw the scribe, because I have not seen him in the deck yet. Then, up he came, and since I had two cards in my congregation, I won. This was a last-ditch effort, as I could not have possibly prevented my opponent from winning the game. He also carries an interesting petition, where he has pushed one city, then any character in an adjacent path is pushed or pulled one city. So beware, the scribe is a very sneaky character. Alright, lastly I want to talk about Schism, which came out in 2017. With the last expansion, Schism changes the gameplay. John Dubois takes his amazing push-pull mechanic, his characters, and then puts a spin on it. To set up, six characters, one from each faction, is selected. Then, each of the dueling players selects five of these characters to keep in their hand, and the sixth card is discarded. You also need to set the mass card off to the side as well. Then, the six new faction cards are shuffled. Five are flipped face up in Genoa. 
The sixth one is set aside. The players then place their selected five characters down. Taking turns, the players then move the faction cards along the map cards using the same beseech and chastise rules from the base game. However, when using the excommunicate action, a selected faction is then removed and swapped for the one not in play. Why would you do this? Well, petition works a bit differently this time as well. You can choose to use the petition action of any of the characters in your hand, but the faction must be present on the board. So if you want to use the knight, you have to make sure that the knight faction is on the board. And if not, you have to excommunicate one to put the knight faction in play. If you get a faction card to leave the board, instead of it becoming part of your congregation, if you have the matching character, you turn it 90 degrees. This makes the character card inactive and its petition ability can no longer be used by you. If the faction card does not match one in the hand of the player who receives it, the opponent gets to take an immediate action. For example, I push a noble faction into your congregation, but you do not have the noble character in your hand. I then get to take another action immediately, though being my turn, I still cannot repeat an action I've already taken. Once a faction leaves the board, it is placed. Once a faction leaves the board, it is replaced with the one that is out of play, and play resumes. The game ends once a player has either met the winning condition of the noble or has three inactive characters. The other wrinkle in this game is the mass card. This card was set aside at the start of the game. A new action can be taken on a player's turn, holding mass. To do this, more faction cards must be in front of the active player, either in Rome or Avignon. The mass card acts as an active player and counts towards the three needed, or toward any winning condition in play. Schism feels like the same game, but also feels completely different. It takes a few rounds to get the hang of it, but I really like it. It is just another way to add to the ever-important replayability already offered by this incredible game. Summary. As a first, last, and only board game design credit for John Dubois on Board Game Geek, Avignon, A Clash of Popes simply amazes me. I hope he has more ideas up his sleeves. I'm a bit saddened that it only carries a 6.8 rating with 418 ratings on Board Game Geek, this game offers such a unique two-player experience. I highly recommend picking up the base game for sure. Kick its tires, take it out for a test drive, put it through the paces, whatever idiom you want to go with, go with it. Something I haven't mentioned yet and I feel like I have let you down, Buttonshy Games is a prolific Kickstarter company. You should go to Kickstarter and follow them. You'll get alerts when their next amazing game launches, and you can get in on the ground floor of their next big print-and-play or wallet game. As usual, you can reach out to me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash eatlunchandboardgame. Or find me on my website, www.eatlunchandboardgame.com. And remember, board games build food. Stay
Staying in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3cmedia, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.